this is episode 21 of Nature's Pulse. My name is John Lieber. You can reach me on Twitter or Instagram, which is at jungle underscore capital. This is for the week of February 1st. So let's get started looking at what happened this week related to the environment. So one of the major things that happened this week and where I want to start is that in India, there was a glacier uh, that broke off of the Himalayas. It fell down in the mountain and crashed into a dam which caused major flooding and killed more than 100 people. And the death count is still being, um, is still rising, unfortunately. So uh, an event like this details the absolute tragedy uh, and urgency of the climate uh, emergency that we're living in. Uh, you can see that there is a video here just showing how scary of a situation it is. So water is one scary uh, force to be reckoning with and they're already calling it the Himalayan tsunami. Uh, so prayers are sent for the Himalayan region of India and uh, hope that the, the death can be reduced as much as possible but we're gonna need to start getting used to these type of stories unfortunately and there is no doubt that we are indeed living in the climate emergency uh, next I wanted to share a uh, resource for people who might be in the environmental industry or looking to get into the environmental industry uh, so in my master's program, there was actually um, someone in the previous batch who has completed the program who has started a, uh, a website called Susti Climate Hub. And it is very practical. It's not one of those websites where you just go to it once and you uh, you kind of see what's there and never come back to it. Um, it, ha it is basically a resource for scholarships, uh, jobs, competitions, uh, and conferences. And what I do is uh, I went to the website here and I just hit subscribe. I put in my my email there and then um, I get updates regularly through my email about uh, job opportunities, scholarships, uh, this type of information. So it's very helpful um, to actually have a, uh, a resource that's specifically geared towards sustainability professionals. So if you're in the industry, I'd highly recommend checking out Susty Climate Hub. The website is just www.sustyclimatehub.com. Uh, there was a really cool finding this week in Madagascar, and what it is is a reptile called Brokenesia, and Brokenesia is declared the smallest reptile on Earth, and uh, it has a body of just 13.5 millimeters long. Very cool, very cute. Uh, Madagascar is one of those places like Australia that due to its isolation uh, has um, some very unique and amazing species. Uh, but unfortunately, it's, it's, uh, it is a biodiversity hotspot, but it's also a hotspot of environmental degradation. Uh, so there's a lot of work to try to protect habitat in Madagascar. Um, and this is just one more of those efforts. Uh, they, uh, in the report where the species was, um, discovered, the scientists recommended 
that uh, it be listed as critically endangered in the, the, the IUCN um, red list of threatened species. So hopefully that extra um, habitat protection can help uh, help the species um, recover and thrive. Uh, next, I came across a pretty cool uh, development proposal. Um, and I say cool with a grain of sand, but it is just different, I guess. So this is a uh, design by a senior uh, designer at Zaha, Hadid Architects, the famous uh, architecture firm. And uh, she uh, is proposing a development in the ocean. Um, she has integrated many... Uh, environmental components into this like uh, it's talking about recycling like picking garbage up out of the ocean for recycling and adding habitat features uh, there's a lot of debate I think there's this it's a uh, uh, not a very hard argument to make that it's probably quite uh, harmful to the ocean to ocean ecosystems but my point in sharing this is just to say, for right now, uh, we, we've seen many renderings of uh, developments in the ocean, but we just need to be prepared that this is going to be a reality very soon. There's a lot of challenges to it, like how they handle hurricanes and how they uh, try to manage their impact on ocean ecosystems. But I think it's... Uh, going to be within our close uh, future that we start seeing these. So it's just something to prepare for, to think about, and to try to think how, uh, if these are done, how can they best be done, and uh, how can we manage them um, from getting out of control, which uh, definitely could happen, and, uh, and see maybe there is a silver lining through all of it. I don't really know, but I just wanted to initiate the conversation and try to get us prepared for this. Um, so the last article I wanted to just cover for this week is uh, it's really more about journalism that I wanted to talk about and sourcing information as a caution for you uh, looking at environmental information. But um, this uh, article is about a uh, new development being proposed in Singapore and uh, it's called a smart city or eco smart city. Uh, looking at the actual development and the features that are being proposed here in Singapore, I mean, it, um, I'm taking a sustainable cities program or course right now as part of my uh, master's degree program. And I can say that the features that they are trying to incorporate and promote and integrate do meet the um, criteria of a sustainable city or a sustainable development, which is good. Happy to hear that. Uh, and not necessarily uh, have any issue with the development pr proposal itself. The problem I have is with CNN, which is where this article came out of. Because uh, I read this article, I thought it was good and informative, and I thought I would share it with um, my followers, so I did. Uh, but I'm not actually in Singapore, so I have no, I have to rely on journalists to be providing accurate information. Uh, but then 
uh, I had a good friend who lives in Singapore uh, comment on the on it, and here's what he said. What total nonsense. This is a perfect example of distortion by the mainstream media. Tearing down a large forest and building a town over it and calling it an eco-town and boasting its eco-features. And then he quotes, yet even Tenga, Tenga is the uh, development that's being proposed, yet even Tenga critics have broadly welcomed the eco-town, is what the CNN article says. And what Lowe, my friend, goes on to say is, Nothing can be further from the truth. The nature lovers in Singapore have all vehemently opposed this plan and called it an absolute disaster. Now they make it sound like they're praising the government. Singapore will probably be warmer because of the loss of this large patch of forest thanks to the urban heat island effect. What irony they boast about the eco-cooling features of this town. And then he uh, links a bunch of articles talking about the consequences of the, the forest town. And he says, it's one of the largest patches of forest left in Singapore, and they're going to mow it down and slaughter all the wildlife there. And people are celebrating its eco features. Wow. So, you know, whether you agree with Lowe or not, it is very true when I read this article, is I thought, wow, they do not, they literally do not many, mention anything about um, the opposition uh for, for this development uh, and they really do frame it like everyone's singing uh, holding hands and singing kumbaya so i mean you know people have been calling cnn fake news for a while but it's the problem is it's not just cnn it's almost every mainstream media source unfortunately now that um we just can't rely on institutions uh we really need to go and and there are journalists within some major uh, networks, but the, the, the truth is, is that we can't rely on people based on their institutional, institutional affiliations anymore. We need to rely on people based on their individual merits. And um, unfortunately now, out of the, for the sake of um, saving time, it's best that we go directly to the source um, when possible and reach people on the ground. And that's what's so important about having uh, a large professional network is that you don't need to rely on these um, sources that are supposed to collect data and mediate it for you. Uh, the social media allow and the, the internet allows us to create our own network and get information ourselves. So what I usually do is I find mainstream media pieces and then I filter it through the lens of people on the ground to get a better accurate picture many 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 times you see that uh mainstream media has an agenda and uh and it's quite concerning how corrupt their process is but um so just always make sure to to uh verify information you get from um from media sources so that's it for this week's episode you might have noticed that I was late releasing this week's episode, and I gotta say I'm quite surprised that I lasted this long on getting um, an episode out for 20 weeks in a row, exactly on time. But this week I was working on a major course project uh, that was due today, so I had to just stay up um, 
late into the night over the weekend um, working on that project and what it was was a development proposal uh, based on sustainable cities principles with our within our home city so i chose toronto and uh, i did a development proposal on the portlands which uh, went through a huge fiasco recently if you remember with sidewalk labs so i did a little bit of background on that and then talked about a new approach uh, for for that site so I think I'm actually going to do um, to read it um, to give people a little more insight into Toronto and the principles of sustainable cities. So I'll, I'll do that very soon. Uh, but that's why I was late with this show for this week. Um, so that that is it. Um, I'm also back on Facebook, which is nice after being banned for a while for God knows whatever reason. And I don't know if it's because um, someone at Facebook has been in conversations with me and I've been talking with her about it but uh, we gotta see what happens there uh, so I'll be back next week to uh, to have the show again and um, thank you everyone for listening as always